welcome to HMSC Connects, where we go behind the scenes of four Harvard museums to explore the connections between us, our big, beautiful world, and even what lies beyond. My name is Jennifer Berglund, part of the exhibits team here at the Harvard Museums of Science and Culture, and I'll be your host. Today, I'm speaking with Abby Sandoval Fossil, a bilingual museum educator at the Peabody Museum of Archaeology and Ethnology, as well as Mia Hortado, a teen student in HMSC's Hear Me Out program. The Hear Me Out program was created to reach out to the Latino community across Massachusetts and engage them in the goings-on at the HMSC museums. Now in its third year, I wanted to hear about how the program is going from the perspective of one of the participants and find out about the ways in which the program is changing us at HMSC. Here they are. Abby Sandoval Fosil and Mia Hurtado, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Abby, the Hear Me Out program started in 2021 during the pandemic. And we actually had an episode with the woman who was previously in your position, Julia. Give us a little overview of how the Hear Me Out program started and what it evolved into. The Hear Me Out started out as a grant, and the idea was to really serve teens that have a Hispanic or Latino background, the communities they live in, and museum visitors who could connect with that same cultural experience and background. And what we really wanted was to welcome teens to engage in museum programming, to give them a broader knowledge of cultural topics from the natural history side, scientific knowledge, and to really have that sense of what a museum is and what we do. So the end goal was for each group of participants to create a final exhibit where they would develop the activities for the public. They would be presenters, they would be volunteers, and they would be museum ambassadors. And so one of the unfortunate things that happened was, of course, the pandemic. So that first group of teens, instead of being able to come with a large group of 25 teens that we wanted, it actually was eight teens and we worked completely virtual with them and they created a virtual tour also of the exhibits. And that was at the Peabody Museum where they created an online bilingual tool working with the exhibit called Resetting the Table. And they created a short audio trail for people to visit and see what their favorite foods were. And they created these animated and graphic sort of short 30 second videos. The second group that happened right after we were able to have people in the museum. So of course we still had to wear masks, tape our social distance. And they worked again because we work in collaboration with the Natural History Museum. This time we worked on the natural history side and they also shared stories about their favorite animals on that side of the museum. They walked through galleries 
and created again another audio trail because we couldn't have people in the museum. So this was the second online exhibit. And then finally for the 2022 season, which was great, the museum's open, we can have people in the spaces again. This was almost a whole new group of teens. We got 18 teens who worked on two chairs, covered them with artwork to really push back against stereotypes, Latino stereotypes specifically. And this time we worked in the Peabody side and with the exhibit called All the World is Here, which talks about the 1893 World's Fair in Chicago. And so we placed those chairs there to really contrast with that exhibit of how people want to be represented, how each culture wants to be represented. And that was really great. And the last one that Mia was part of, this was an exhibit called Birds and Blooms. We worked in the Natural History Museum side again. And this was an activity and an exhibit that showcased meaningful birds and flowers for each of the teens from the places that they were from or where their parents came from. And all of it was recreated with recycled materials. So Mia, you participated, as Abby was saying, in the last round of Hear Me Out, the Birds and Blooms. How did you find your way into this Hear Me Out program and into the museum? My mom, she likes to spend a lot of time on Facebook, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people can relate to that. I think she was in a group, like a Facebook group, and she saw a little news thing. I was like, oh, Harvard program, hear me out. And then she's like, oh, you should do it. And I was like, mm, I don't know. And she's like, no, go for it. And I was like, okay. And I didn't think I would get in because I thought because it was Harvard, it was for experienced people or people that knew what they were doing. But turns out it wasn't. It was a fun program. Tell me a little bit about your mom and your dad and your family. What's their story? And what's your story? So my dad's from Chile. My mom's from Mexico. My mom came to the United States when she was in her 20s. And she met my dad and she used to work here. She used to cook. And my dad was like one of the managers. So they got to know each other. And then I was born here in Boston. But when we were two, we moved back to Mexico and we stayed there until 2018. We came to Boston and we've been here since. So you've been here for about five years now and you endured the pandemic like the rest of us in Boston. And following the pandemic, your mom discovers this interesting opportunity at Harvard and encourages you to do it. So Abby, when Mia started, you talked a little bit about the birds and blooms project. But tell me a little bit about what that was like. How did you describe the assignment to the students and where did you guys start? We work in collaboration with the Natural History Museum and we were trying to show both sides of these two museums, one that deals with culture and one that deals with science. And so for that last cohort of teens that we had, we worked in the natural history side and really taking into account what teens had already told us of what they wanted to see in the museum, which was an exhibit that either had to do with climate change and the effect that it has on their countries of origin. So 
one a teen I remember very clearly. Her name is Carla Larios. And she said, well, can we talk about the birds and flowers of our countries and how if we don't take care of them, they're going to disappear? And we thought it was a great idea. So that's where the prompt came and the name of the exhibit, Birds in Bloom. So we asked teens to think about a bird or a flower from their country that might be personally meaningful to them. And they could ask a family member, a relative, somebody important in their life, maybe share or give them an idea of the specimen that they would want to choose. And then we would recreate that using found and recycled materials. And we also, because we wanted to show the teens in the museum, we actually had them create this piece next to a self-portrait that they took of themselves, so a selfie picture. And that's sort of where that came. So they all chose a range of things. Each one actually chose a specimen that we have in the museum that we were able to find and recreate, whether it was from the Great Mammal Hall, from the bird balcony that we have a huge collection of birds and a Central American collection of animals that we have. And then also picking something out from the amazing collection of glass flowers. That was a fun activity. We talked about all of those specimens, visited the galleries they were in, and then worked on recreating all of those. And they each got their own frame to put their piece of artwork in, and it's still up in the galleries. If you visit the museums, you'll be able to see it in the galleries at the Natural History Museum, and it also comes with a flyer that you can read each statement that the kids made of why that specific specimen was important to them. Mia, I'm curious, this sounds like a super fun project, but I know you had feelings kind of leading up to your participation in this project from the time your mom was like, hey, you should do this to you being like, eh, I don't know. So describe your feelings leading up to the experience. And then how did those feelings evolve over time as you started participating? At first, I was really nervous because I didn't know what we were doing because the first two sessions we were learning. The first one, we were learning about birds. The second one, about flowers. So I was really confused on what we were doing. And then when they explained the whole art piece thing, I was like, I got a little bit more confident with whatever we were doing. So I was like, I think I can do this. And I did something decent, I guess. I chose a flower it comes from Chile and Argentina because we were supposed to pick a flower or a bird from our country or where we were from. And I was going to pick one from Mexico, but every time they asked me to do something for my country, I always choose Mexico. So I was like, let's change things a bit. So I chose Chile. My dad's from Chile. So I was like, might as well try something new, change things a little bit. When your mom told you that, hey, you should do this, what were your thoughts? That time, I was kind of not really busy with school. It was a free month, I guess. We weren't at the time where it midterm, so I didn't have anything to do. So I was like, you know what? Maybe it's a good idea. I can be like, oh, I take this program at Harvard and like, talk about it. And I thought it was going to be like a good opportunity. But then also, I was very self-conscious. I like wouldn't get in. So I was like, why should I even try if I'm not going to get in? Why do you think you thought that? Because since Harvard, the name Harvard is in it, I just thought it was for like, people that knew what they were doing or like experienced people, people that 
been in this program like a lot a lot and I don't know it was like my first time doing something like this so I wasn't very confident with it. I mean this strikes me as a feeling of not belonging. Is that a common refrain from the Hear Me Out students? Is that something you hear a lot? Yeah, so not only just from the teen participants, but also from the parents. One of the things I really tried to do in this role was to reach out to parents to let them know what the teens were working on, how we were doing it. And when we promoted this, we tried to make it as straightforward as possible, saying you don't need to have any special skills, just the willingness to try something new, meet new friends, and give us your opinions of what you think the museum should be doing to engage more teens and more Latinos. But it was something that we heard from the teens saying, I didn't think I would be here because it's Harvard. I didn't know I could come. I didn't think I was going to be welcome. So that was sort of a recurring theme that happened. And one thing that we tried to show the teens was anybody can be here. And one way that we did that was we invited first-year students who were taking a Latinx studies class at the Harvard University to come and see the teens' artwork and engage with it, talk about it. And then we brought our group of teens and the Harvard students together to talk about these experiences and these backgrounds. And that was very meaningful because the teens were able to see that there were other students at Harvard who had the same background and maybe the same life experiences that came from maybe an immigrant situation where their parents lived somewhere else and came to this country. And so they saw that. And after we had that workshop with the Harvard students, the teen said, you know, I never thought I would meet somebody like me who was at Harvard. And I just did. And that was one thing that really stood out to us. Like, we have to work more to make this museum and all the Harvard museums more inclusive and send out that message that this is a place where you belong and this is a place where you can come, whether it's for learning or leisure or just a fun time. We're here and we're open to anybody, really. Mia, what was your impression? What was that experience like for you working with the Harvard students as you participated in the program? Did your feelings about it evolve? I guess they changed after a few sessions because I saw that not everyone was experienced. Like some of them have been in the programs before, but most of them were as lost as I was. We were all like, what are we doing? We were all asking questions like, how do we do this? What should we do? What do we write? What should we find? No one knew what they were doing. So I was like, okay, like we're all lost. We're all lost together. So it's not that everybody knows what they're doing but me. So I was pretty okay. And now that you've been to Harvard and you've been to the museums, is it a big, scary place now or is it a place that you feel comfortable? After we completed the Hear Me Out, they gave us passes to give away and things like that. So a few months after, I told my friends, I was like, you know what? I like have this thing at a Harvard museum that I didn't tell you guys about because I was kind of like not really proud of it. And then I was like, you know what? It's at Harvard. It's at a Harvard museum. Like, why not? So I told them, hey, we should go. And they were like, okay. So we went there and we actually had a lot of fun in the museum because I have friends that are very into minerals and like rocks, things like that. Animals. Oh, cool. So it's like full of that. So they were all having fun. And then we got to the Hear Me Out exhibition and it was, it was okay. We had fun. 
That's awesome. Do you think your friends are going to come back? I feel like they would come back if it was free because that one time I had to pass this and they're like, okay, if it's free, let's go. But I don't think they would. They would go with like their families and things like that. It wouldn't be a place for them to like hang out. What did your family think about you having a cool exhibit in the museum? My mom, she told everyone she posted it everywhere in her Instagram, her Facebook, <laughs> everywhere. And I kept getting messages from my family being like, oh, congrats, congrats. I was like, how do you know? Because all the way in Mexico or like Chile. And my cousin told me that my grandmother was telling everyone about it. She was like, oh, did you know that my granddaughter's doing this? Oh, my granddaughter said this and this and this. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. She was like That's very awesome. proud. What do you think you learned from the Hear Me Out project? I think I've learned how to socialize a little bit more with people that have similar backgrounds to mine. It's also nice because I've had experience with like different programs. So I'm like more confident when I go into things and I try to pay attention, do what I can do to help, things like that. I know from other people that went to Hear Me Out, they found out by their schools. They're like, oh, you should do this and that. My school doesn't really have those things. My school doesn't tell us about programs anywhere. They tell us about like things that happen from the school. And it's just sports and like clubs, those things. Those are like the only outside school hours things we have. How is this kind of program different from what you experience in school? What kinds of things do you think you can learn in the museum that you might not be able to learn in the classroom? And then likewise, what can you learn in the classroom that you can't learn in the museum? I think the Hear Me Out programs, the Harvard programs, they're different because we're more free to do what we want to do. We give us like a main idea of what they want and we just do what we can. And in school, it's mostly they tell us how to do things, like how, why, and like the whole process. And in school, I feel like it's mostly learning about things we have to know, things for like life, like, oh, math, science, English, history, things like that. It's more things we have to know. And the whole Harvard thing is more like interesting things that not everybody knows, things that you can go around saying or things you can learn about things that they don't really teach at schools. Like they taught us how museums used to kind of steal things, but not really that you would take things that belong to some other people, things like that. Abby, I'm curious, so the Hear Me Out program, it sort of went through a transition where it went from where you were working in the galleries and doing specific projects to something called Teen Saturdays. Tell me about Teen Saturdays. What are they and how did they come to be? Yeah, so this was a fun project for me because we were able to get an extension on the grant that we had for Hear Me Out and continue to build off of that. So instead of having four workshops with a final exhibit like Hear Me Out in one single month, we sort of spread it out and we said, let's do a series of workshops, one Saturday a month for the semester. And 
let's talk about indigenous cultures because we're going to have it at the Peabody Museum trying to stay on the topic of cultures, identity, belonging. We came up with teaching teens about indigenous cultures based on what we have in the galleries and on exhibit. So we had four workshops. Each one talked about a different topic. The first one, and this was, again, we opened it up to high school teens. We did it on a Saturday. We moved it a little later in the day because we all know we want to sleep in on, on the weekends. And we promoted it as come have fun. It's a much more informal setting. This is a place where we're going to have gallery walks. You can talk about anything you want. And then at the end, we're just going to have a hands-on activity to really get a sense of what we were talking about in our gallery walks. And so the first one we did was back in February, we talked about Inuit art. And the Inuit are people, are the native people of really the north of America. So we're talking about located in the Arctic, Alaska, places in Canada. And we talked about the ways that they tell stories through scrimshaw. So we were able to get materials for teens to try that out themselves and see how difficult it really is to actually try to create art on a piece of ivory, whether it's a square that we gave them, but imagine trying to do this on a bone, which is what they did, whether it was a whale tooth or a walrus tusk, to get that sense of this is what they were doing with their storytelling and the artwork. Then the second session was called Spaces of Healing, and this is where we walked around the museum and we asked teams to go to a place in the museum, find a place where they felt comfortable where they felt it was a space that they could just relax in because based on a lot of research that's been happening lately, we know that people are using museums as spaces of both mental and physical healing. And it was very interesting to hear the teens' responses saying, I went to this spot and it made me feel good. But then I went over to the Great Mammal Hall and I didn't feel good because it smells. And so, and it is true when you go in there, it's full of taxidermy. So you're going to get mm -hmm. a, an old artifact smell. That's what's coming. Mm -hmm. There were some teams that said, I love being in the glass flower exhibit because it's so quiet. And then there were other teams that said, I went to the glass flower exhibit and it was so quiet. It was uncomfortable. Like I felt like I was in a library and I couldn't talk. Mm. And it was interesting to see these different reactions for how spaces are perceived in the museum. The third workshop, we talked about museums as crime scenes, and this is something that Mia brought up, where we said, yeah, museums are great. We have all of these artifacts, but how did we get them? And we worked off of this indigenous poetry playlist that we had previously used before and in the museum, and listening to what the authors were writing about, what they were expressing, we went to different spaces in the museum, specifically the Native American Hall and the fourth floor where we have exhibits about anthropology. We talked about how it feels to have artwork from your culture exhibited in a way that you might not have wanted it to be exhibited and how are museums complicit in working with anthropologists or archeologists and taking art artifacts and art that might not belong to them. Now museums are really working with Native Americans, with different tribes to repatriate that. So again, talking about how museums have evolved over time. With that workshop, teens were able to do an activity called cut and paste poetry, 
where using those same poems that we read in the gallery, they created their own poems to talk about how they felt they should be represented in the museum space. And the last workshop that we did was last month in May. We did solstice traditions. We talked about how different cultures think about the sun, how they represent it, and if there are any religions around that or any beliefs about that. For example, the Mayans believed that the sun would travel across the sky, and then at night it was traveling in the underworld. And so to help the sun come back out, they had to do rituals and they had to do lots of different things to help the sun go through the underworld without being sort of damaged or hurt and then come back out the next day. So just different beliefs of cultures across North America and how the sun is so important to them. And we ended that session by doing a cyanotype print, which is basically a sun print. So you take fabric that has been treated, you create something on it using different hardware, you can create an image, you expose it to the sun, and then after that, you rinse it out and you have this beautiful sun print. And so that was sort of what Teen Saturdays were. The teens were able to come, hang out. We provided snacks and refreshments, very relaxed environment. And we had good feedback from both the teens and the parents of saying, is this program going to happen again? And can we come back? And we said, yes. Yeah. So we're working to create another iteration of Teen Saturdays at the museum for the fall semester. Mia, I have to know, what was your scrimshaw? I drew a cat. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you choose a cat? Because I have a cat and I don't know, I was going through like a weird phase. I was throwing cats everywhere. <laughs> I love I was that. Like, Why not? What's your cat's name? Blueberry. Blueberry. Oh, I love that. I'm sensing a blue theme in your life. <gasps> I don't know. It's different in Spanish, but that's kind of the translation because I named him after a strawberry shortcake character when I was little. So um, that's where it comes from. Okay, okay. After doing all of these programs and stuff, do you think that sort of changed the way you thought about museums? It did change. I thought museums were going to be like boring, quiet, things like that. But after I've been to the Peabody one and the Natural History one, I think Peabody one, it's like quiet, but it's like interesting. They have interesting things. Things you learn, like people not wanting like specific things to be showcased. And I thought that was really interesting. And for the Natural History one, I think it's interesting because it's like full of kids, full of college people and teenagers, everything. So that's like pretty interesting to me and they have like fun things to look at. I think the Natural History Museum is more about visuals and the Peabody wants more about like history. Abby having facilitated programs in the museum and having been a museum person for a long time. And then Mia experiencing the Harvard Museums for the first time kind of through this interesting lens through the Hear Me Out program. How do you think we can grow from here as a museum and as a program, as a place where we have the opportunity to be more welcoming? That's a great question because we are trying to have this not 
be just a one-time thing. We want this to be a recurring program. I think that, like you said, I, I've been in this for quite a while now, and usually it was always behind the scenes, but having the opportunity to come to the forefront and really interact with the public and do the outreach that I'm doing now, I think we have to be more proactive in outreach that we do to the community, not just within the museum, but actually going into the communities. One of the questions from the Hear Me Out, because we did a survey, a pre-survey and a post-survey for that, one of the questions that really stood out to me asked of the teens of how important it is for museum staff and educators to know your community. And it was very important to them. One of the things that I'm trying to do along with my colleague, Javier Marin, who's my counterpart at the Natural History Museum, is we're really trying to take steps to go into the, physically go into the communities, knock on doors, work with organizations within those communities who have a high percentage of Latinos in them, whether we're talking about Chelsea, East Boston, Somerville, Medford, Everett, and work with those organizations on the ground and say, we are here for you guys. How can the museum meet community needs? And how can we create that space, whether it's working with the city itself or having people come to the museum space? I think that's something that's really important. And then dispelling the idea of exclusivity. Again, Harvard should not be a synonym of exclusive, it should be a synonym of inclusive, right? And that's really what we're trying to do with these kinds of programs, bringing in people who would normally not come and making that accessible to them. What do you think, Mia? How do you think we could grow as a museum? And how do you think the program can grow? Or where do you think it's going to go from here? I think these kind of programs are like really nice for teenagers of these kind of backgrounds because like it's something you can relate to and I think that's very important for the museums to be more open to every kind of people different backgrounds different like stories I think it's really important because people would go more to museums if there were like things they would see and be like oh that's where I used to live or I've heard of this place or this one where my grandmother's from this is where my mom's from like oh this is where my friends from like things like that people can relate to and talk about and feel more welcome to those type of things i'm curious though what about you are you going to become like a museum person now right now i don't really have time for museums things like that because i have a lot of schoolwork things i need to catch up with but like in the summer i would definitely try it again and go check things out Well, I hope certainly that you become a lifelong museum goer and that maybe this has helped somewhere along the way. Encourage that. Maybe it will. Who knows? She's already taking steps to this. So Mia is volunteering at one of our biggest events, which is the Solstice Festival happening. Oh, that's so cool. Good for you. Whether you knew it or not, I think your mom signed you up to volunteer. I didn't know that. So, I need information. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So you'll Typical. be receiving an email about that. <laughs> yes. But this is something, again, that's really great. Nia's mom has been in contact with us saying, can you please let me know what other programs we have? I think this is such a great opportunity. And again, it's creating those opportunities and having those available for everybody reaching this kind of audience and having this diverse engagement with the community. And from all of our team participants, for Solstice, we have 10 teen volunteers who are going to come and help us out with various activities, whether it's being museum ambassadors, greeters, you know, helping with flower crowns and other activities that we're going to have during the festival, baby animals and mini golf. They're showing up. And so it's being able to continue these relationships and foster that engagement. Abby and Mia, thank you so much for being here. This was really fun. Thank you for having us, Jenny. Yeah, thank you for inviting me and having this opportunity to do more things like this. Today's HMSC Connects podcast was edited by Eden Piacitelli and produced by me, Jennifer Berglund, and the Harvard Museums of Science and Culture. Special thanks to the Harvard Museums of Science and Culture, the Peabody Museum, and to Abby Sandoval Fossil and Mia Hurtado for their wisdom and expertise. And thank you so much for listening. If you like today's podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you in a couple of weeks. Bye.